Listeners, thanks for joining in. Welcome to another Etro Today educational podcast. In this series, we aim to provide you the latest workforce management approaches and best practices in HR. I'm Debbie Bola, Vice President and Editorial Director of Etro Today Magazine. Employee resilience. After the last years facing a pandemic, social unrest, a major global conflict, and an impending recession, it's becoming a more and more important factor in organizational success. And resilience can actually stem from a sense of belonging and connectedness. In fact, recent research from Achievers finds that employees who say their company supports them in building relationships at work are more than twice as likely to report high individual resilience, and they are also almost three times more likely to report being their most productive selves at work. So where should HR begin? Luckily, I have an expert here with me today to help answer that question and more. David Bader is Managing Director of Achievers Workforce Institute, a strategic practice that focuses on research, community, and advisory to empower global HR executives with tactical, practical approaches to changing how the world works. Thanks, David, for joining me today. Can you tell us a little bit more about why HR leaders should focus on resilience? Yeah, absolutely. It's so nice to be with you again, Debbie. I think your question's a really good one. I think first things first, I've long argued that an organization's responsibility is to establish and maintain the conditions so that employees can be engaged and do the best work of their lives. And that's true when the sailing is smooth and especially true when there are stormy seas. That's true always. What's true of the moment we're in right now is that HR leaders are worried about the headwinds of a looming recession. And they have reason to be, not just because of the impending financial impact, impact, but because employees have almost no confidence in their ability or their organizations actually to withstand change. Our Workforce Institute just published our Q4 report on workplace resilience and productivity, and just 28% of employees say they feel capable of managing unexpected challenges, and only 26% say their organization can do the same. In a way, this is remarkable when you look at our resilience track record through the prism of the last three years. We've demonstrated an ability to be productive from anywhere, but people don't like change, period. Each day there are great highs, there are great lows, there are predictable middles, there are things lurking around the corner for our teams and the individuals on them. And so I think we need to commit to our people to create conditions so that they can survive and thrive through all of it. Those are some good points, and now I'm interested to hear what impact it has on things like belonging, engagement, and retention. Well, I spoke of the conditions and the employee experience. Our research shows that belonging is perhaps the tide that binds the entire thing together. In the fall of last year, Achievers Workforce Institute published a comprehensive model for belonging at work, which we're enormously proud of and is among the first of its kind. Our research finds that employees who feel welcomed, known, included, supported, and connected have a strong sense of belonging and are more than twice as likely to be resilient and almost three times more likely to say they're highly productive at work. Individuals are more likely to feel adrift if they don't feel they belong. So our counsel is often to align your employee experience programs with these five pillars because it's a great way to earn employee commitment and confidence that smooth sailing, as I was talking about earlier, is possible. I think engagement and retention are important lenses to be sure, but I think HR leaders should also be focused on productivity. In fact, 
that they told us that's where their focus is right now. And it should be because just 25% of employees are self-reporting being their most productive selves at work, which is completely alarming. It's interesting to wonder, you know, what are folks doing with their time if only 25% of them feel productive at work. But I think the more important question is, again, to ask what can organizations do to ensure productivity and positivity in any season? And I think there are a few things that I would point to. First of all, I'd point to recognition. Our research shows that the more often someone is recognized, the more likely that a report being highly productive. The second thing is feedback. Employees who say their organization takes meaningful action on their feedback are almost three times more likely to say that they are their more productive self at work. And the third thing is manager effectiveness. People who would recommend their manager are twice as likely to report being more highly productive at work. So I think recognition, feedback, and manager effectiveness are really keys in this season of resilience to ensuring productivity. Yeah, it's interesting how you said that resilience can help increase productivity. So how should organizations work to build their resilience? Resilience is not a compliance exercise. It's not a checklist. I think for there to be a positive effect in the same way we focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion, it's got to be woven into the fabric of our organizational culture. Another way of saying that, of course, is the way we do things here. So I think first, employees want to be connected to the mission and the vision of the organization. Our research shows that feeling a sense of purpose at work is one of the top three drivers of individual resilience. Employees want to know that they're working towards a mission that's bigger than the task that's in front of them. And this is especially true for offline workers in our research who are 28% more likely to say a sense of purpose was important to them compared to those that worked online. Feeling a sense of purpose really does help people see beyond themselves, see beyond their struggles, and it contributes to resilience by creating a sense of camaraderie and fellowship. I think the second thing is people want to be connected to each other as well. One of the conditions an organization needs to attend to, according to our belonging model, is that an individual can build relationships at work across a diverse population. That means inside my work circle and outside of it. And so to be clear, there's a ton of great technologies to connect us, but connection is a philosophy, not a feature. It's about making it easy for your people to access the people and the skills that they need so that they can be productive and positive from anywhere. When folks feel connected, they also feel supported. And this is another way organizations can build resilience. Support is about being meaningfully and consistently nurtured during my time at a company. This has so much to do with the relationship that I would have as an individual with my manager. Here, we really find that there's a frequency of contact with and recognition from one's manager. And that when they're also given opportunities to develop and have access to regular coaching, individuals feel supported and better suited to surviving tough times. I think last, as in all things, we need to be thinking about the ways we can involve employees in co-creating the employee experience and acting on feedback. Our research shows that just 52% of organizations are even asking employees about their culture in the first place, and just 18% of employees report that the organization does anything with their feedback. This is critical because supply-side systems fail to meet employees where they are. 
So these four focus areas, purpose, friendship and relationship, support and and co-creation, these things foster belonging and trust. And when you have both, you feel as though all things are possible. Now, looking ahead, when implementing these types of efforts, what metrics and factors can help measure success? Yeah, that's a really good question, Debbie. Our our research shows that belonging, uh, which we mentioned already, is the great multiplier. When employees have a strong sense of belonging, they're three times as likely to be engaged, productive, to stay in the job that you're paying them to do. They're more resilient. And my counsel to organizations of all stripes is to look beyond the inputs and focus instead on the impact. One of the interesting findings from our latest body of research was on the connection between resilience and well-being we found that employees are four times more likely to feel capable of managing stress when their organization invests in well-being initiatives. Employees who feel supported in managing their physical and mental health all of the time will feel more capable of managing heightened stress levels in the worst of times. And so my call to action here to leaders is to really understand what those initiatives look like for the individuals on the team So they're poised to meet them in the moments that matter to those individuals. When we do this well, we can really have an outsized impact on resilience. And what we wind up doing is we create systems where employees can not only help themselves and each other, but to really dig themselves out when they're feeling buried. Empowering employees for what's to come. That's great advice, David. Until next time, listeners, I'm Debbie Bola.